Hello, welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Carly Rowland. She is a real estate person in Rochester, New York, working for Mission Commercial Realty. And I'm super excited to have Carly here for a variety of reasons. I first met her at a local women's networking event. I think she was on the welcoming committee and she was so welcoming and so warm. So I knew we had to be friends and I was very excited when she agreed to be a guest on the Women Developing Brilliance podcast. So welcome, Carly. Thank you, Casey. I'm very, very excited to be here. This is great. Uh, That's awesome. And Happy New Year. We're kicking it off actually uh, really well uh, with 2019 where we were talking a little bit off camera that we both feel it's going to be a really good year, a year for the entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about some of your hopes and dreams as we move into this new year. Well, um, some of my hopes and dreams, well, <laughs> there's so many, I don't know how to narrow it down. Um, a lot of my goals this year are really trying to streamline my processes. Um, I've been doing commercial real estate exclusively for um, five years, and uh, it was kind of like drinking water through a fire hose at first. It was a lot of experiential learning. Um, so now that I, it's been, five years and I really kind of feel like I sort of come into my own um, within the last year or two, trying to sort of streamline the way that I do things and working smarter, not harder is really what I'm, my goal is this year. Absolutely. I love that so much. And in fact, that's um, my year. Um, I I have like a word for the year and my word for 2019 is systematized. So I feel like we're right on the same wavelength there. Yes, Um, yes. I do feel that, in fact, I just took a recent workshop where they were talking about the year from a numerology standpoint is actually a universal three-year, and they get that by adding two plus one plus nine, and that gives you 12, and then you deduce that double digit down, so it's actually a three-year, and what that means is they were saying that one, two, three is actually a way to get your ducks in a row to systematize, and then also many of the words coincidentally in the um, alphabet language that are threes, like cultivate, creativity, um, consciousness, all of those you kind of have more energy or emphasis on throughout the year. So that's pretty exciting. What do you think about that? That's, that's very cool. And it's, it's definitely been a process. Um, I've done a, a lot of personal and professional growth this year. Um, trying to, like I said, really come into my own, and it feels like some. It feels like something good is is on the horizon. It really does. Absolutely. And would you be a little bit open to being vulnerable about sharing maybe one of the learning curves that you've had recently that you feel you've kind of like transformed or transversed to the other side? Yeah. Well. Um, so I can't take credit for this. Um, so, and to give you a little bit of background for those who might not know, I work for my family. So my dad is our principal broker here. Um, I'm technically not an employee, so he's not actually my boss, but he's 
kind of the boss man. And he took it upon himself to put together sort of a interactive um, growth program for myself and then the three other agents in the office. Um, so the very first uh, book that he had us read, uh, so we've kind of been doing about a book a month and talking, a book every other month and talking about it. Ooh, nice. And so, And the first book he had us do was called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Shad Hempstetter. Mm. And at first I was like, this sounds ridiculous. I know how I talk to myself. I'm here all the time. <laughs> and it really shined a light on how um, unconsciously we're sort of raised in it to hear a lot of no's. Um, a lot of times when you're growing up, they said, I think it was like close to 75% of the child's feedback is no. And a lot of it's for safety reasons. No, don't put your hand on the stove. No, don't cross the street. But inadvertently, we sometimes internalize that negativity. And so without realizing it, sometimes we have, you know, we talk to ourselves in a negative way. Oh, I'll never be able to get that done. Oh, I'm just always going to be late. And so going through the process of reading that book and really exploring, you know, how that relates to my own self and sort of shining a light on some of those things um, has really been life changing for me. I would wow. say, very do you find do you find that you catch yourself like if you have one of those thoughts kind of creeping in? Do you have like a method to turn it around, or do you find that now it's become a routine and you can catch yourself quicker before it like takes a seed? Yeah. So. Um, Yes, I'm noticing a lot more of the unconscious things. Again, you know, you don't think you don't think of saying, "Oh, well, I'm just always late." It doesn't seem like a negative thing, but it kind of is. And then sometimes it ends up being a self fulfilling prophecy because you're like, "Well, I'm not even going to try to be on time because I'm always going to be late," you know. Um, so I've sort of noticed that, and the book also does highlight. Um, and again, it sounds kind of hokey but it really works. It talks about listening to positive self-talk mm -hmm. and then it's very specific in how that has to be worded. Um, and so I've been listening to positive self-talk uh, when I get ready in the morning and sometimes when I'm in my car, cause I'm in my car a lot cause I'm a real estate agent. And I've noticed that when I start having some of that self-doubt or some of those negative feelings, those phrases will pop into my head randomly, wow. you know, and it, it really helps reframe and put whatever it is that I'm facing in a different light. And uh, it's been very, very empowering. That's amazing. So do you have one or two examples of what a turnaround phrase would be or someone that like you started listening to that you really gravitate towards their style or their message? Well, so there is, uh, Shad, and I will say this, Shad Hemstetter, the author of the book, does have um, some of those recordings online. I have um, just kind of been Googling and YouTubing. There's this one gentleman named Tim Tialdo who has some of his Shad's recordings, sort of a bunch of them all together. And it's just, I think it's like 14 minutes and I'll just kind of quietly, the, it's the, you, you try to listen to it quietly so it gets to your subconscious. So it's kind of just playing in the background. It's not yeah. stuff that you're necessarily, you know, focusing on. Um, and 
I listen to that in the morning time and, and that's been really helpful. And one of the things um, that really, there's an, um, obviously everything that they are talking about really is very poignant. But one of the things was because I'm in real estate and because I'm sort of the go between between two parties that basically want different things and trying to come to an amicable solution that everybody can be comfortable with. Um, conflict. Conflict always used to, you know, I deal with it a lot, but it would always sort of give me a lot of anxiety. Sometimes. Absolutely. Understandably so. Trying to approach the situation in a a way that's not going to make it worse, frankly, and it's really going to kind of draw people together. So one of the things um, in the self-talk that I've been listening to that really stuck with me was that um, some problems, you know, some, some conflicts um, come about and, and opportunities come from those conflicts that wouldn't exist had the conflict not occurred in the first place. So, and that's true. There have been plenty of times where I thought a deal was going to fall through or, or maybe a deal did fall through, but then I was able to take that client to a better place, uh, a place where they're happier. And, you know, sometimes I end up benefiting from that as well. So, you know, trying to really reframe conflict and, and thinking about it more as an opportunity for um, finding a solution as opposed to something that's negative and scary uh, has really, Beautiful. really helped me deal with some of the stuff that I deal with on a daily basis in a lot less uh, nerve wracking way, I guess you could say. That's amazing. I absolutely love it. And I think that conflict resolution is one of those life skills that just like has a, a continuum of benefiting you and your life, your relationships, your partnerships, even outside of the workplace. I think it's just such a global benefit to have those skills and also, too, like kudos to your dad for even having the company culture to bring that kind of paradigm in of picking such a conscious topic and like putting in that that kind of collective book club under the roof. You know, I think it's really neat because I don't know if you found this, but it's almost like when you're getting on the same wavelength with your team, it's almost like that kind of awareness just spreads and it benefits the whole business. Are you finding that? Oh yeah. Um, in and of itself, our culture here is very unique. Um, not only is my father our boss, but my mother is our secretary. Wow. I have a brother and he's not interested in real estate. He works in sports. So he's, he's in New York, but um, so we, and he, his purpose for starting the brokerage was really, he wanted to go out on his own. He was not planning on adding other agents. And he wanted to work with um, the, the entities that he wanted to work with. And a lot of those tended to focus on community organizations and nonprofits. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the culture formed because he was not seeking out other agents to help with the revenue with the office. His thought was, you know, if people see kind of what we've got going here mm -hmm. and it's something that resonates with them, then we'll have a conversation about it. So everybody who has joined um, has had that same type of mindset. And we all, even though half of us truly are blood related, we all are like family here. Yeah. Uh, and it actually stemmed out of a need you know, a couple of the agents were saying, you know, I'm really trying to progress to the next level in my business. And, you know, 
how, how, can, how can we do that together? Because we are not a competitive brokerage. We are collaborative. There are not a lot of secrets in our office. We don't hold things very close to the vest because in our, the way that we think, um, you've got three people now who are helping you find the same thing as opposed to just yourself. And so yes. I think in general, um, it's really just bolstered and fostered the type of caring and uh, positive community culture that we have here. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really, you know, it's kind of framed a lot of our conversations in the sense that, okay, well, I can't do this or, um, you know, maybe this is something financially that I'm not going to be able to afford this month or what have you and saying, okay, what do I need to do in order to be able to get to that level or to yeah. do that? What a fantastic service for the client. And also, um, how old is the Realty Brokerage? So my dad started Mission Commercial Realty in 2006. Amazing. Conveniently right before the real estate crash. Um, <laughs> What a testament, though, that that's why I was curious, because that kind of longevity just really shows a lot of moxie, strong business foundation and strategy. I love that he niched down to the very specific um, demographics that he wanted to work with, like the not-for-profits and community organizations. And then you even mentioned um, earlier about working with entrepreneurs. So I think that there's just a lot of smart things going on that our listeners can really benefit from. And for you specifically, like you help small and medium-sized businesses find um, properties to either lease, rent, buy, or um, like establish their retail facilities. What's the most rewarding thing about that for you? Um, so I would have to kind of go back to kind of why I, I started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was not planning on working for my family. It, I didn't even really know what my dad did for a very long time. I knew he was in real estate, but I really wasn't sure kind of what that meant. And so when I graduated college, Ginny in our office was the first agent who approached my father and the only other agent besides him, the only other person in the office besides my, my mother and my father working there. And she reached out to me and said, you know, you've got two degrees. Why are you working your temporary college job? You know, we, what are you doing? And she mm -hmm. said that they needed a little bit of help, uh, some intern work to compile databases. And she asked me if I would help. And what she also did, she gave me a homework assignment. Um, was she asked me to read the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Oh, cool. And it was, again, life-changing. Mm. Um, it's kind of, you know, why are you doing this? It, it has to be, you know, especially in real estate, it's a commission-only business. So you really have to have a passion for this because it's tough. It can mm -hmm. be very difficult starting off. And so you have to have some internal direction that is at the core of what you're doing to keep you going. Absolutely. And so um, that kind of was why I, I kind of got into it because my why was I <laughs> – I traveled, I traveled the world. I was an international studies major, a mm. Spanish major. And I always said I wanted to get out of Rochester. And for some reason, I came back. I, I missed it. Mm -hmm. And I saw my city and 
it was hurting. We had no downtown presence. Our downtown was a veritable wasteland, mm -hmm. except for the people who worked there during the week. We have some of the highest child poverty ratings in the country. We have some of the highest racial income inequality in the country. We have some of the worst school systems, you know, and, and I still loved it. I mm -hmm. still love this place. And so the reason that I decided to go into real estate was because I wanted to be able to build my community in a way that lifts everybody up. And so in order to do that, you know, that's why I kind of, and we don't, we, we focus on nonprofits and community organizations. Obviously you don't have to be, I, I work with other types of businesses and as does everybody else. But the most rewarding thing for me is twofold. It's seeing my community get better with the projects that we're working on because mm. my view is not singular. I don't do what I do to make a paycheck. If something is not a fit for a client or you know, a customer, because they're two different things in my industry, I will say it because I know that the community depends on these institutions, whether it's a, an office where, you know, folks can go to work or a retail place because they need a, a grocery store because there's no grocery store. People can't get to the grocery store without, you know, trekking a really far way. Um, and just knowing that in some very, very small way, I, I have some part of, of that, but also that's why I, I like working with small businesses because I can see, you know, people being able to afford their daughter's wedding. You know, yeah, it's so exciting. I got the chills. I love it. I, I just, I think it's, it is a good mission. And so appropriately named. And um, also you mentioned before, like um, coming into your own, and I know that you're kind of taking a leadership role with heading up a young professionals, small interest group with the, um, the Rochester Women's Network in Rochester. So I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about that. What motivated you to kind of like take that leadership role? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I would have to say that I'm just going to kind of put it out there. I've never been much of a rule follower. I'm really, I don't like it when people nice. tell me what to do. I don't <laughs> like it when I don't feel as though I have a choice in something. And so if I feel as though there's something that I want or that would be helpful in general to a multitude of people, um, I'm not going to kind of wait around. I'm going to just kind of do it myself. Um, and it, it's just, it, I was kind of disappointed slightly in some of the event type options for young professionals in our area. Um, mm -hmm. I am not much of a partier. <laughs> I'm not much of a drinker. And a lot of the, um, the events seemed to just kind of center around bars. And I was really looking for something much more that really talked about business growth and personal growth and work-life balance. And so that's kind of why I started it. Cause I was like, if, if I'm feeling like this, I'm sure there are other people that are feeling like this too. And so why not just do it myself? I absolutely commend that. I commend that um, bravery and that kind of fortitude. I mean, it definitely seems like it's a part of your personality as well, but was there any time where you were like, Ooh, 
who am I to do this? Or did you ever have any hesitations? Because I, I see a lot of women, especially that are like, that sounds really good, but I don't know. There's like a lot of self-doubt that's laced um, in the decision. So um, did you have any of that? And if so, how did you overcome it? Every day. Every okay, day. cool. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> that's a total Every day. It's not, I, you know, I, I run my own business essentially, and I'm kind of the decision maker on a lot of things. So I second guess myself a lot. And, you know, a part of, as I mentioned, kind of coming to, into my own this year, because I'm going to be quite frank with you. Um, I did not have to try very hard in high school and college. I'm a good test taker, really. That's, I think, what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent my whole life not being diagnosed with a learning disability, which mm -hmm. I just found out about this year. Wow. And so I was always kind of, you know, what am I doing? Is this the right thing? And because because I didn't have to really struggle that much um, in my beginning years, Dealing, coming into, you know, this type of situation where I'm not only starting a business, because that's what I'm doing, I'm in charge of my expenses and everything, but figuring out, you know, real estate and who owns what and, you know, what are the trends in my industry and, you know, what are funding sources and should I be telling people about this thing versus this thing, you know, it was, this really is the first thing where I've had a lot of self-doubt because mm -hmm. I've never done it before. And frankly, I've never really had to go guns blazing like I do right now. Yeah. Is yeah. This, I think it's this is not a pretty picture. Just, <laughs> you know, there's, there is every day I question myself, but it's kind of one of those things where I got to keep going. I'm yeah. already in it. I got to, I got to keep going. And that's why I love this podcast so much because it's real talk for real women. They don't have to feel alone. They don't have to wonder like, you know, I'm not good enough. Like, or if they are wondering those thoughts or having self doubt creep up, this provides so much inspiration for them. I can't tell you the amount of emails that I get from people saying like, phew, like I'm not a loser. I'm not alone. It's not just me. Like I was so juiced up and I can do this. And it was like the injection in the arm that I needed. So thank you so much for sharing that because it truly does like this story and, and the, the realness, it helps people. It helps people get um, like overcome their insecurities and self doubt and just like go for it. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times with solopreneurs, there is an aspect of personal development interest. And I always say that being a solopreneur, like that will um, put you under the magnifying glass that nothing that I've experienced has ever done before. So all of those little things under the surface and not so little come out and we really have to look at them and work through them. And it kind of circles back to what you were talking about with conflict um, resolution and looking at problems or issues or challenges as an opportunity to grow. And that's such a reflection and metaphor for the solopreneur journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been so many times when I was in tears in my father's office saying, you know, what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, can I, can I keep doing this? Um, and it was one of those things where the benefits outweigh the negatives. And in the long term, 
I know that this is what I want. So it's kind of just taking the baby steps each day to try and get yourself to that overall vision because yes. you think about the overall vision and it's daunting and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so far from where I want to be. But in order to get there, you have to do the small things. And so, you know, trying to focus on what little things you can control within your day to day will not only give you some more peace of mind, but will help you get to where it is that you're going. Great you know, advice. Great exactly. advice. Breaking it down, chunking it down. And um, I think it's, there's a benefit to the overall kind of like vision of what we're interested in, our desires and making sure it is a good life fit. But then the day to day, like you just talked about, like how do I break these things down into like manageable tasks? So I'm so glad that you brought that up. That's such a good piece of advice. The other thing I'm really curious about is um, your perspective on young professionals, like in the um, market that you're in, so in uh, the real estate market, but I think in general, like if you had to predict a trend for people that are in your age bracket, what do you think it's going to be for young professionals in business? Um, I think you're going to see a lot more entrepreneurs. Personally, I'm seeing a lot of younger entrepreneurs, particularly because of the technology age. Um, it's never been more easy to start a business. You can get your DBA online. You can research, you know, how to do certain things. So I think that you're going to see a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and you're going to see a lot of people who are going back to kind of what I had addressed about the uh, small interest group that I started. Um, you're going to see a lot of young professionals that are more focused on their work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be okay with pushing papers nine to five to get the bills paid. You know, that we have some of the high, our generation has some of the highest job turnover rates um, than previous generations. I don't think it's because a lack of um, fortitude and a lack of not wanting to, you know, be productive and continue. I just think that we are, in a place where we're thinking more globally and if something doesn't intrinsically fit, then um, we seek out alternatives because again, I I think it goes back to the inner internet where you can, if you don't like what you're doing, you can investigate alternatives for sure. I, I love that because you know, most of my inner circle, they're like 25 years older than I am. And it really is such a generational shift where it's like, this is what I do. I, I've, this is my job for 30 years. And they really are in that grinded out mindset because that's what they knew. That's how they were raised and brought up. And like, that's what a respectable, you know, honest worker does. And I really love that it's kind of shifting and flipping because, you know, we are only on the earth for such a short period of time. Like why suffer and just wait for that time to enjoy yourself when, it's past retirement. And when you look at people that are like in those years and so many of them have like health issues and it's like, can you really go and enjoy a month in Italy right now? Because you have a bum knee or like, you know what I mean? Like exactly. it's the fact that your generation. And I think even it's starting to creep in even in my generation where it's just like, you know what? Like I really, I'll work hard, but I also want, like you said, the work-life balance or to have that joy that joy-filled life. Um, so I'm all about it. I can't wait. I really do agree with you that conscious business is on the horizon across the board. You know, that, right. that connection. I, 
And I also think too, um, kind of touching on what you just said, I think um, just in general, business-wise, I've noticed that there is a lot more um, focus on the greater good, I guess you could say, yes. in my generation. A lot more environmentally conscious, um, a lot more um, socially conscious, because again, with the information age, we're sort of able to see the effects of uh, the trends in our globe right in our living room, in our bed sometimes. Um, so I'm noticing, especially in the types of businesses that um, entrepreneurs are starting, they seem to be a lot more um, conscious, I guess, of the world around them. And I think that's fantastic. And you are starting to see like give back baked in right from the very beginning. A portion of the pro proceeds go here or we, you know, give XYZ to this foundation. And I, I, I love it. It's about time. And I think that that's how you're going to start to see such blossoming. I mean, even with some of the younger companies, um, younger in not age wise, but younger in years, like the Bomba sock company, you know, where they give a pair of socks or Tom's shoes, these companies have exploded. Like if you watch their growth, it's been like exponential growth. And I, I really don't think it's a coincidence that give back was baked in. That's kind of brought this kind of full circle. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's amazing. So I have a couple more questions. Um, I'm wondering uh, if you feel like um, with your keen perspective on kind of the, the new trends, how do you think that that's going to affect the landscape in the real estate market specifically in Rochester? So great question. I love this. This is my bread and butter. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest things, um, one of the biggest trends that we're seeing is uh, retail is changing with people being able to purchase things online retailers are going out of business if they don't adapt take a look at Sears um, yes. take, a, take a look at plenty of other big names that are kind of going down because they haven't really adjusted to that and so what we're noticing is um, because brick and mortar will never go away. You know, people do have to have some sort of place to do business. Um, so a lot of retailers are focusing on what we call experiential retail. So providing either um, services or um, spaces that draw people in that you cannot get anywhere else, that you cannot get sitting at home, um, that are new and different, that you, you know, don't see every day. That's what retailers are doing to try and sort of pull people in. Um, in addition to that, retail stores are downsizing. They're getting smaller. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're seeing a lot of like outlet malls popping up all over the place. Um, there's an outlet mall here in Rochester or there's a mall here in Rochester that's going to be converted into an outlet mall. Wow. Um, try and adapt to those changing things. So there's that. And then also I predict, um, a large, a larger demand for industrial space. Now industrial space can be warehousing space. It can be machinery space. Um, but I predict that, um, there will be a higher demand for warehousing space because those people have to store their products somewhere. Yep. Um, and especially with, and this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, we are now being faced with the prospect of medical and recreational marijuana becoming legal in New York. 
And that has legal repercussions for me Mm -hmm. because we have people who are looking for space to grow this type of product. Wow. And um, so we we've kind of been looking at what other cities have been doing. And um, there's a lot of demand for just empty warehouses. That That's has, amazing. What yeah. an interesting twist. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's something yeah. where you really have to stay on the cutting edge um, of legislation and how it's going to trickle down to you specifically. Um, yeah. And when you were talking about like the warehouse space and the cool trendy spots, like, like Culver Armory like came to mind and Rochester Brainery. And I love like when you talked about like the experiential space, Rochester Brainery is such a great example and they really exploded too in their, um, in their growth. And it's cool. It's chic. It's like, you know, you're the cool kid on the block to be there. They really cultivated this feeling, you know, and um, obviously it's a lot of education for business and creative arts and things of that nature. And I do think those spaces are popping up more and more. In fact, a friend of mine just sent me a link for a Vermont shared workspace. And he was saying like, look how beautiful this is. And it was one of those kind of cool, open, trendy warehouse spaces that cultivated an experience of like younger people or even solopreneurs that, yeah, they have their computer home, but they also don't want to feel alone on this journey. And it's a way to kind of connect with other people doing something similar in a chic way, grab a cup of coffee or, you know, like a panini or whatever, and just really feel like you're cultivating a a space and, and community. Yeah. Shared, shared office space is blowing up within the last two years. I've seen at least four or five, spaces either get converted or built for um, shared office spaces. So that that's a trend in office, the whole uh, corner office, everybody has their own door. Um, we're, it's necessary for certain types of industries, don't get me wrong, financial planners and all that, they definitely need to have privacy. But what we're noticing is a lot more open, fluid uh, co-working space where people, even in uh, different industries, can Rent yes. space and bounce ideas off of each other. Um, having you know amenities around that, like a game room. I'm seeing offices put in game rooms or relaxing rooms. Or um, there's a company in Rochester that's very cutting edge that now has a beer on tap at their, in their wow. break rooms. You know, so trying to really um, again going back to the work life balance. Work can be fun, and and trying to create office spaces that are fluid that can change with the growing demand of the the I love the reinvention. In fact, we owned an 8,000 square foot building here in Naples when we had our gourmet foods company and the current owner now they've split it up. So like the front of the building now is like a gym for, you know, like a local place to work out. And then one of the rooms they have for an aromatherapist that makes her handmade goods. And then the big section is all kind of firewalled off for a pie baker it's really cool. Not only does it support the community and it gives like outlets for these entrepreneurs that otherwise would have to seek out something solo. It does bring that really unique reinvention of shared space together. So that's super exciting. I can talk to you forever. You've been a joy. I've loved having you as a guest. And um, do you have something new and exciting on the docket that you'd like to share? Um. Well, I am very excited about the RWN Young Professionals group that I started. Um, I also sit on the board of directors for the Rochester area chapter of the New York State Commercial Association of Realtors. Nice. And 
I have also, because I have all this free time, I don't really know. <laughs> I've also started a technology committee within that organization to help inform our members about the growing techno technological trends in our industry and trying to just give them the information uh, so that they can best practice what they're doing. So kind of both of those groups at, at once, I'm, I'm really excited to see what, what's going to happen with that in the new year. Amazing. You're going to be the perfect kind of leadership for that. I'm super excited. I do have one question for the RWN young professionals. I know at one point you said it's not really like necessarily in an age bracket because you could be young at heart, but I'm wondering like, do you have like a projected ideal area or like can us like 46 plus year olds join? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So we are, first of all, the woman who organizes all of the groups in general, she is not what you would consider your traditional young professional and she, she's interested. She would like to come. I usually tell people if it's something that resonates with you, then go for it. You know, we're, we're trying to address, we have two meetings a month. Um, so one of the meetings is to focus on business growth and one of the meetings is to form collaborative personal relationships to help grow and so um it's really if it's something that resonates with you I really don't like the idea of limiting based on age and telling people who can and cannot be a part <laughs> of the group so it's one of those things where I tell people if that's something you're interested in why not that's awesome that's awesome if you had to leave our listeners with a nugget of bright light wisdom what would it be um hmm that's tough the one thing that I've noticed and that I've gotten feedback on um, over the last year, which is so simple, but it really, again, was kind of a poignant thing for me is one of the best ways to be successful is to just do what you say you're going to do. Mm. Just follow up when you say you're going to follow up, get the report done when you say you're going to do it. And, and that shows people that you care you know, and, and you, it, you get your business done, you, you're, you're moving forward, just, just kind of do what you say you're going to do and fulfill the obligations that you say you're going to do. And if you do that, then you're probably doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely bonds that trust and it builds relationship, both super key factors in a successful business. Such good words of wisdom. Thank you so much, my dear. I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to cross paths with you and I wish you all the success in your new endeavors. Thank you. You as well. I hope you have a great 2019, Casey. You too. Thanks. See ya. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on women developing brilliance. If so, head over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.